Hi, and welcome to BoobTube, the podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. I'm Sarah Whitus. And I'm Amanda Toysher. I really like how you did that intro. Right? Thank you. It was, uh, I was going for a Barbara Walters thing. Yes. Yeah. Which is but I was going for Barbara relevant. Walters. Yeah. Well, I was going for Barbara Walters as done by Rachel Dratch, which is, oh, uh, that is even more even more relevant. Definitely. Actually, from a, yeah. Wow. SNL that's sketches a from whammy. like 1998. Yeah. yeah. Um. Actually, there's that's triple whammy because we're going to talk about SNL. We're going to talk about a show that featured Rachel Dratch in one episode, and we're also going to talk about a show that had a clip from Barbara Walters from 1993. So, folks, that's called foreshadowing. Pre-shadowing. <laughs> Pre-shadowing. <laughs> it's called TV shadowing. Anyway, I'm really, another thing yeah, I liked really about good. your intro was that you said, hi, and... Mm, yep, that, that was, was a conscious decision. Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> that was... This is just my, like, yeah, this is my newscaster voice. Hi, and like... welcome to BoobTube, the <laughs> podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. I think that's going to really increase our listenership yeah they're numbers. like oh wow she sounds like a you know dowager countess that's cool yeah that's what um, i'm going for in most aspects of my life anyway it's been a couple weeks since we talked mm-hmm. a lot has mm-hmm. happened um the oscars happened the oscars uh, happened which was as i like to hilariously call them. bad i loved how bad it was um i didn't watch it i want to get my joke in which is that i call them the emmys of the movies oh we should do that yeah, that's, that's good. such a burn. Yeah. <laughs> I know. These are so. <laughs> also, like, if no one cares about the Oscars, really, no, no one really cares, about, no the cares Emmys, about the Emmys but, except us. Um, I didn't watch the show because I was working um, actually, and I was in California, so I was like actually only working until like eight that night. But in California, that means the show's been, you know, like <laughs> the show's over at eight because it's on live on no, the West Coast. You. So I like basically missed the whole thing, but I was kind of following it on twitter it was, was fine i actually some watched good, good moments there were some like real stupid moments. yeah i, I watched had, like, a bunch of it. stuff on youtube afterwards yeah you'd like, like mute it whenever like the green book people like peter farrelly are is talking because he's so mm-hmm. awful um yeah but you know but the it was kind of okay without the host um and spike i feel Lee like won. it sounded like it was okay yeah spike lee one i watched actually a ton of movies over the last couple of weeks i watched black Klansman. i watched uh can you ever forgive me some like other things that like did and didn't get oscar attention um but you know what i'm like a little annoyed because i feel like last year was a really good year for movies actually i've now watched the favorite three times i don't know what's wrong with me <laughs> but that should have won best huh. picture to me yeah. um yeah, yeah. but like i feel like it was a really good year for movies and then like capping it off with green book winning best, best oh, no. i'm just like these were probably my like favorite general assortment of oscar movies in a while like save for you know yeah. the dreaded green book but anyway um anyway this is a, yeah. a TV it's, podcast. It's a TV podcast. Damn so, it. Wait, but I want to. You wrote in here that your roommate's cat hurt. Yeah. Well. His so leg. speaking of podcasts about TV, my roommate's cat hurt, <laughs> hurt his back little leg. This his is little, poor content. little kitty leg. He like. So he oh. might be. I I put this in because like he might be meowing because I came home and like immediately came to my computer so I didn't feed him his dinner. Um. My roommates aren't home, so he is basically starving, and he's on this little limpy leg, and he, like, he just, like, runs around, and, like, his leg doesn't touch the ground. He just lifts it up, and he's like, and it's so sad. I don't know what what he did. I literally can't even think about this. I'm very sad. It's, like, really pathetic. They've taken him to the vet twice, and they found out that he's older than they thought, and also once he got hit by, like, a car and actually had, like, his hip replaced. Anyway, he has had a whole life before they adopted him. Oh, my God. It's amazing. This is difficult because I've actually watched, if anyone has seen Can You Ever Forgive Me? uh, I watched it. Okay, so that, and then also... There's a sad cat thing in that movie, and then also this week's High Maintenance has a very (laughs) disturbing cat scene, and I just am, like, clutching my cat tight Well, just so you know, Gulliver is in good spirits, and he's nicer than Stevie, so that should help you. That's true. 
Yeah. Well, just about anyone is, honestly. Anyway, so. but we should, sorry, we should stop talking about cats. So it's, this is my fault, but we should talk about television. Um, cats television, I mean, really, they go together. Like, they they kind of <laughs> do. They usually are sitting yeah. on your lap and getting hair all over you. But, um, so the past couple weeks, I I did catch up on Broad City. Hooray! Yay! Broad City. So I've been thinking about doing a full Broad City rewatch. I don't blame um, you. And I feel like I can't go wrong there. I've there been thinking about doing do. it for a few months. I know. I, start, I started like, rewatching Shit's Creek just because I couldn't watch the new season. I'm like, well, might as well go back to the beginning then. Gotta get my fix, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, I think this season of Broad City has been where I think we're probably like more than halfway through. I think they uh, usually this, do 10 episodes and we yeah, they're six in. Six in. Yeah. So that makes me sad. I know. Um, it's They're so funny. They're so good. I thought the, the first the first episode, episode was so great. yes. They do all, when they do the these all like, social media episode. They, yeah, they do these like weird formats. Like there's the one they did where they were on drugs walking through the city, and then there was like I feel like there's other ones that That was one of my all time favorites. It was I so good. One. And they start <laughs> and then so the season premiere of uh this this the new season, it was it's all done like with Instagram stories. Um, until like which the is very which end. is honestly genius. It's so genius, and yeah. it's like it's like how stories wish they were. And right. <laughs> the, um, the funny thing is, like, whenever these these kind of format episodes start, you always feel like they're you're, they're going to get sick of it, and there's no way they can sustain this for an entire episode. You'll just get sick of it, and you don't. It's brilliant. Yeah, and it allows yeah. for so much. Really, they're so good at physical comedy. Because they're I think so they're underrated yes. on that. They're so, they're just, the two of them are so good. Yes. They're when, like, like Alana classic falls down physical the comedians. Hole, I like died. <laughs> yes. I know. Like they're just, uh, you can't, I mean, you cannot be bored watching this show. Not that it would ever have like a straight up boring plot line, but I mean, on like, honestly, I just like, it's they so really funny. are underrated, I think, as just classic physical comedians you know yeah especially alana like she's she's really she's like one of those comedians that's willing to like just put her body through whatever like whether it's wearing something bananas or just like you know doing like some crazy like fall down a manhole thing like obviously she didn't fall down a manhole but you know what i mean it's right yeah my I loved last week's episode, which um, where which was extremely relatable in that Alana does a like twenty three and Me knockoff um, <laughs> test in it, and it comes back. You know, you are ninety nine point nine percent Ashkenazi Jew, <laughs> yeah. which my sister did uh, twenty three and Me um, last year, and it also it also came back like ninety eight point seven you know, Ashkenazi Jew. And then my mom had a similar reaction uh, that Alana's mom did, which was just like, no shit. Mommy, my jeans and me results came. Okay, I am 100% Ashkenazi Jew. Yeah, no shit. Ever seen a mirror? Wow. Okay, we have history of anxiety. Check. Poor eyesight. Check. IBS. Yeah, well. Tay-Sachs disease, cystic fibrosis, uh-huh, fragile uh-huh. F syndrome. Holy shit. Let me tell you something, honey. I could have told you all of that without your selling your medical history to the government. Wh- what do you mean? Google owns your DNA, you naive little bitch. Well, I'm going to write all about this for my grad school personal essay. Endophenotypes, the genetic inheritance of mental disorders. Yikes. Yeah. Have <laughs> you seen you? Is. Yeah. <laughs> um, what what do you think the it. Jewish people have been doing for the past, like, millennia? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It was, like, so good. And then she finds out that she's related to a Holocaust survivor um, and, like, flips out. Uh, and so it's kind of interesting is that Emily Nussbaum uh, of The New Yorker tweeted uh, that she found the episode's treatment of the Holocaust to be a little bit glib, um, which I... I don't know if I agree with that, but I'm not Jewish. I, I don't agree with it. I mean, it's hard for me. I think people of different generations tend to 
view these things very differently. And I think that, you know, being the same age as Alana and, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, I think, the, first of all, the only thing that maybe was a little glib is when she finds out that she's really doing Holocaust forever, she kind of like acts like she's like hit the jackpot. Yeah, but that's like funny. <laughs> that was a little bit, I but thought it was funny. But then she wants to genuinely and somber after it. And she wants to talk to him um, about his experience. Like, I mean, like, she genuinely is interested in him, but then they go and he's like, I do not want to talk about the Holocaust. I just want to go leave this retirement home and hang out in New York for a day. Go to so drag brunch that. with Alan Cumming. Go to drag brunch and smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Alan um, Cumming it was in it for no reason. Other than uh, no reason other than they brunch. see Alan coming on the street and decide they need to follow him to wherever he's going, which is, of course, drag brunch. And, like, um, he, in, he inexplicably has, like, a musical number. It's just, like, right. what? Very what? short musical did he, number. Did he, like, write this portion of it? Just, like, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. He's so So great. good. And who wouldn't just want to follow Alan coming? I would follow Alan coming. The like, their reaction when they get to talk to him is 100% how I would be. I'd be like, I love your cologne i've never smelled it but i love that you have it (laughs) for some reason when i was watching this and that may have been because i was a little bit high but i was just like became obsessed with the idea i was like i want to know what alan cummings apartment looks like because it must be fucking awesome (laughs) that's a really good question sober right i need someone to do an investigation into a profile i'm sure if i like google this for one second probably like Alan coming, how do you decorate? Someone has done this, yeah, but I need to know. It's great. Um, um, yes, but I also, so another one I liked was the when Alana uh, <laughs> creates the, sh- the she workspace for smokers, and it's basically <laughs> she just puts up like some power strips attached to the New York City, like free charging stations outside of the WeWork where she thought she was going to get hired and then found out. <laughs> And she like they. I love when they do. Oh, it's not called WeWork though. It's called like YouWork. YouWork. Like, yeah. I love when they make fun of like existing companies. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Like the. Um. I mean the the deals the not Groupon deals site that that. Uh, yeah. Like. The, the, the like deals, 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 deals or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, it's that's really funny. That's the episode that features Rachel Dratch. So that was that was fun. Um, it was good. Anyway, uh, I'm, uh, I also like you. I'm sad it's past halfway over, but there are other seasons behind us that you can There are other visit. seasons behind us, yes, and it will live on forever. Maybe we'll do a check-in with um, Broad City after the Yeah, uh, we should after the, watch the our episode. favorite episodes. Mine is the one when they, like, the, with the dog wedding. The dog wedding where they get lost in the park is probably one of my Because that's the same one that Abby one of my top. Yep, and she then, like, also gets falls really down. stone and t- makes friends with a dried fig and puts on the backpack <laughs> like a diaper. <laughs> that funny. one is when they my favorite. That is one of my favorite lines, which is um, when they're trying to figure out where to go to the dog wedding, and then it turns out they look at like a map of Central Park or, or Prospect Park, and there's actually uh, a, a dog <laughs> wedding pavilion. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yes. Um, oh, and I think Janine Garofalo officiates the wedding. She does. Yes. Between she the does. dogs. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I watched a real hodgepodge of other stuff this week. Yeah. But let's, I was, let's hear the. Let's can hear I the go through some hits. quick hits? Yeah. This is quick hits with Sarah. Um. So. I mean, the first thing that I watched, and I'll just kind of talk about this briefly, because honestly, it's too depressing to dwell on. Yeah. Um, but I did watch most of Leaving Neverland. Uh, I don't even need to tell you what that's about, because, Wait, you know. did you watch most of it? Yeah, I, I initially watched only the first half of it, um, uh-huh. which is the first two hours, and then... You know, I didn't think I was going to watch the second half, because yeah. the first half was so difficult to get through. Um, but then... I don't I I just I kind of found myself wanting to know how things have resolved for these poor men um yeah. and who went through this and and so anyway I did I did watch it the second half is less uh less difficult in the kind of descriptions of yeah, the it's abuse not as graphic, and, and I hear. it's not as graphic and it goes more into the the court cases and and whatnot and what happened more in the in the late 90s and, and early 2000s um yeah but i mean it's a very well done it's a very well done show i was kind of thinking something that struck me as i watched it was you know 
we've I've talked about how I watched the the Ted Bundy docu series, and we're going to talk about Lorena, um, and. You know, I think that those are uh, docu-series where there's a lot of action to kind of propel the story forward. And they kind of, Mm -hmm. it can can feel a little bit frenetic, um, kind of popping in between lots of various interviews with a lot of different people and like the lots of different B-roll assets, different pictures and stuff like that. And it's kind of like there's always something on screen that's happening. And this Uh obviously is a much more it's not like that it's much slower obviously it's much more i don't want to say it's much more thoughtful all of these are i think especially the lorena piece is also very thoughtful um but you know this isn't a story that relies on action you know it's yeah it's um really about these two men and most of james safechuk and ray wade robson uh and their families and these two men are really telling like 80 percent of the story um and you know we just kind of linger uses photographs and some video of michael and them uh to elucidate certain points but we really spend most of our time like looking at these two men and part of like something that occurred to me i think when i was watching this was just that like you know this could have been a lot right i mean the story was on film and I think like you know a lot of uh, the horrific stories of abuse that we've heard over the last you know two years of you know me too and like they've been in print um yeah and honestly like with someone like there's such I've been reading a lot about like there's such a pushback against you know the story the Jackson family is suing HBO for a hundred million dollars um the fans of Michael Jackson are just like, you know, en masse pushing back on this um, yeah. story. And I feel like with a character, like a person like Michael Jackson, like is so much larger than life that in order for maybe people to really take this seriously and believe it, like it needed to be captured on, on film. And we sort of needed to see these men. Yeah. You need to see them actually saying it and yeah. the pain and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really... Yeah, so I don't know if I'm... Actually, I know I'm not going to watch it. I, it. I've i been reading a lot about it because I feel yeah. like I owe... I, I already think... I, I believe them. I mean, it's worth pointing out that, like, you know, Michael Jackson is no longer alive. Sorry if I'm breaking the news to you. Spoiler um, alert, yes. But he's no longer alive, so he's not defending himself. And he... They don't interview any of his family or anything for the documentary, which I'm not saying they should have, because I Mm -hmm. don't know how, you know, this, this, this documentary, like, you know, it gives, it gives the victims the benefit of the doubt and like that, that's okay. So anyway, Mm -hmm. but it it is worth pointing out that like, it is just, it's, it is their word Mm -hmm. and, um, which isn't problematic again, but, um, Anyway, it's so even without having seen this, I guess my my point in saying all that was that like I do believe them, and so I've been feeling like I owe it to them to to read about it and read their story. And since I already am at that point, I don't really need to expose myself to the the sort Agreed. of the trauma. So I I'm not yeah. watching it, but um, I can understand why people like would want to. Not because it's like you know fun to watch or anything. It's hard to watch in the words of Tracy Jordan, but um. I mean, I think that if you don't think that you want to watch it, you definitely should not. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I think it's that it's kind that of what graphic and it's that disturbing. Um, I mean, actually, one of the most upsetting sections to me wasn't even about any of the horrific sexual assault. It's a story that James Safechuck relates about a mock wedding that Michael yeah, staged with him. Yeah, I did hear about him, that. And he has these rings and... You know, he he actually kind of just like without even I think really thinking about it, he sort of slips one on and off his finger, and just in that moment, you can kind of see that like it doesn't even go over the first knuckle of his finger. Yeah, like yeah. obviously it was given to a much smaller person, and I mean, you know, I also I mean it's like without question, I I absolutely believe these guys. I mean, I you can't watch this. You can't. That's the thing is like you can't watch this and walk away with 
any I mean I have feel like I have no doubt in my mind and then I was actually at the gym this morning and Smooth Criminal came on mm-hmm. the whatever playlist was playing at the gym and I felt physically sick which is so I mean, shitty because like, that's such a good song <sighs> yeah I mean I honestly feel like I can never listen to any of this music again with it yeah, like I just that's really what, that's what a lot of people have been saying it's really, we don't have to spend any more time on yeah. it. I think that if you, you know, again, like if you think that you you can get it, you know, if you get enough context and information from just reading about it, like totally. I'm glad this movie was made again, you know, series was made like, you know, for again, like the reason I said of like, just I think that hopefully this drives the point home for people, but you know, and I'm glad that I hope that these guys got something, you know, I hope that it was helpful for them in some way, you know, but yeah. um, other quick hits from me, uh, other quick hits from me, kind of random, just going to talk about it for a second, but I saw a bunch of episodes of the show Mom last week. Okay, was... so that actually looked like one of those shows that I like, I'm like, I hope it has a big audience because I bet it's good, but like I don't it's... I don't think I'm gonna watch it, but I also don't wanna be feel bad about it failing because I feel like it's probably better than other like shitty CBS sitcoms. Anyway, continue. Well somehow all of a sudden <laughs> the show has been on for six years. I was like, wait, the show has been on for Wait, six... what? Yes. Stop I was like it. this isn't it I saw it I saw it because it was well it was in syndication, right? That was like how I was um I was in a this hotel room for work and uh I was kind of like up late and um and and on I, it, it's actually in it's like a Nick at Night staple now, which is like when I was a kid it was like literally like flipper and shit. But um, you know, now it's like friends and it's it's mom and I was like, wait, this show isn't how isn't this show like two or three years old? How is it already in syndication? I looked it up. It has been on. It is in negotiations for its seventh season right now. Oh, my God. I had no idea. So I had no idea either. But I mean, if you aren't familiar with Mom, I honestly am not familiar with a lot of stuff that airs on network television. Um, but this is a CBS show uh, starring Allison Janney and Anna Faris. And and it's um, I think it's pretty good. You know, it's about a mother and daughter who are working class recovery alcoholics trying to like live their best lives um and there's a lot of i'm i think the episodes that i was watching were somewhat recent in the last like year or two so i'm sure there's like a lot that's gotten us to this point but i could just like jump right into it and like know basically nothing about it like any good network sitcom yeah you should have to know basically nothing in order to enjoy it i think and um and i didn't know anything and some i probably watched 10 episodes over the course of the week and uh it's created by chuck laurie who uh recently won a golden globe for one of our favorite shows the kaminsky method fuck off (laughs) and he's also responsible for like the big bang theory and two and a half men but he was also an executive producer of roseanne and i get definite roseanne vibes from this show like back when it was good um anyway i might go back and watch more on hulu i don't know um quickly this week's snl oh my god i watched it i watched the whole the whole thing thing. i watched the whole thing when i even watched the whole episode of an snl and like I literally I mean, can't tell you the I last mean, time. I mean, maybe high school? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, that's not fair. I probably That's not fair. It, I'm like, sure it's happened, like, in the last... Se- I mean, Mulaney hosted another episode, like, last year. I know. But I guess I, I didn't I like, watch that wow, one. he's making it big time. He's hosting. Then he's like, I'm back again. I was like, oh. Yeah. I just oh, missed you it. did but... it last year. But yeah. anyway, this one was great. It's so good. His opening, his monologue is obviously great. My favorite part was when he does his impressions of, like, sirens. Like, the, the old-timey sirens. sirens from, like, the Hitchcock movie. <laughs> 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 like a he dying cat so well. is what he, like, compared it to. Or like <laughs> Yeah, it's so good. Um, and I also really liked the game show one because it also the game featured... So uh, it featured, yes. um, what's his name? Uh, wow. Wow, Bill Hader. There we go. Bill Hader. Oh my God, Bill Hader was great. <laughs> Bill Hader's wonderful. I must assume that his appearance on the show, in addition to like, I'm sure he and Melanie are good friends, but um, the second season of his show Barry premieres in like two weeks. So <laughs> oh, that's a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, now that they mentioned it, but like, honestly, they should have. Um, <laughs> but I feel like that's got to be oh yeah part of it. Um, 
I actually, when I was in California last week, I saw my cousin in LA for a couple of days and she showed me another recent SNL sketch, which was called Millennial Millions, where um, millennials can win money if they <laughs> can uh, sit through a boomer lecturing them for 30 seconds without interrupting. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. No way. That must yes, be. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. Um, so I was like, okay, there's still some like, there's still some funny stuff here. Um, but yeah, John Mulaney's episode fantastic really hooey um musical guest who i did not know yeah i who that person I don't was know who that is but um excellent and then i actually did catch up on Shit's creek because it's you can buy it on amazon i'm gonna do that um so we can talk about it yeah when I it's caught up to it's you. good it's good it's it's like you know just just a reminder that it's never too late to get into Shit's creek everyone everyone yeah you can just yeah join us come to join Canada. us um, um, okay, so main... So the real deal. Main deal. Let's get real. <laughs> um, a fun little... Justice little for Lorena. Which I feel Justice like she gets in this. Lorena. Yeah, we watched the miniseries um, Lorena on Amazon Prime, um, which was executive produced by Jordan, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele, I know. I didn't realize that until after I finished the first episode. I was like, yeah. oh, that's cool. It's really good. Yeah. I really... I'm glad he's putting his heft behind projects like this. Yeah, um, I think I sent you a text or like a, a message or something after I watched the first episode, and I was like, "I, this is really good. It's really important. I don't know if I can keep watching it." Um, yes, I found the first did, one yeah. the hardest to watch. Weirdly, mm-hmm. even though the the Agreed. third episode is when she's when there's footage of her explaining the abuse she suffered by at the hands of John Wayne. Uh, uh, Bobbitt and like wow I almost said John Wayne Gacy but like okay <laughs> I mean jeez <laughs> um, what is with John Wayne's because the I think they're John both Wayne named after terrible not I think they're actually both he didn't named dress after up like, like a clown and kill kids but like he no. anyway um okay anyway so she the, the, <laughs> might the footage well of her fr- giving like her te- testimony and like saying you know like how her husband had like repeatedly raped her and um, hit her and abused her is really tough. It's hard to watch, but for mm-hmm. some reason, the first episode is like was really frustrating for me because. But I, but I think they were kind of like getting the giggles out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. Like I think that you you have to first kind of methodically go through the whole deal, which first of all is a lot. Um, more I, I can't even believe I'm saying this because like I knew what happened but honestly it's a lot more kind of sickening than I think I remembered yeah. I mean they really go through kind of step by step what happened yeah and, like um, fi- trying to retrieve the, the the penis the penis it's pretty awful and then and then you know I also completely forgot that this whole thing went down like 40 miles from where I grew up. Um, yeah, I didn't realize it was so close In to Manassas. DC. Yeah, I was like, oh, because I remember hearing about it a ton, but I did not remember at all. Honestly, like a month ago, if you had been right like, the where suburbs. did the, the Bobbitt um, trial take place? Oh, yeah. I would have said Long Island. That's 100% what I believed. In my mind, it was like, I, it, I think it was I East Coast. I also thought it was, it was like, New York. just going to assume it's Long Island. But um, yeah. Yeah. I think I also thought it was New York for some reason. Um, I mean, yeah, I agree. There's like a lot of the kind of like media blitz stuff in the first episode. Um, But yeah, I think as the episodes go along, I agree. It becomes um, a lot more serious and a lot more. I mean, you know, the first episode is serious, too. But I think, you know, it starts to get into the broader context as well as the specifics of their cases i didn't even remember that there were two trials that he was tried he was tried for for rape yeah and then when that trial was over she was tried for um you know malicious i forget exactly what she was yeah malicious wounding right yeah um and then we kind of start also going into the broader context of her life as, you know, all of the kind of complicating factors for her, including the fact that she was an immigrant who'd only lived in the U.S. for six years at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and how, you know, how interesting. I thought that was another really interesting thing that I, of course, was also I didn't lost. remember that at all. 
Yeah, I didn't remember that at all. And then I also mean, I was, we, so we were, you and I were seven. So like, sorry, we, yeah, sorry exactly. to give away both of our ages, but we were really young. And like, yeah, the yeah. only thing I remember was like the, the joke of it. Like, totally. Me too. I a hundred percent don't remember any feminist debates. Obviously I didn't really know completely what feminism was as a seven year old, though I probably said I was one. And then, <laughs> but you know, you did. <laughs> right. So, but, um, it was, I, all I remember was just the joke of it. And it, so that really mm-hmm. reminded me a lot. And I think you said that you felt the same way. Uh, if anyone of our listeners has also listened to the Slate Slow Burn podcast, the season two one for the Clinton and Lewinsky scandal. If not, you should. If you not, it's yeah. so good. You, you so 100% good. should listen to it. It's, it's incredibly well produced and well written and incredibly well re- researched too. And anyway, it's, I found that to be incredibly educational for me because I also mm-hmm. remember, like, you know, the joke of Monica Lewinsky and you... Of course, and even better, because by then, you know, we're a little bit, like, you know, almost teenagers, like, yeah, you know, there's, like... Yeah, you, we, you know, we were, like, 11, 12. 12 or 13, yeah. So you knew, you knew, you had much more of an idea of what sex was, and you, you know, like, so that was... But you still, like, it was kind of, like, nothing to be upset about for you, mm-hmm. personally, as a kid. Um, and the same with Lorena Bobbitt, it was a very much removed thing and you weren't aware of any sort of like societal debates happening around it or what it signified. Um, and you like, and you had no idea the seriousness of it. And, um, I really just think it's, this is another example of like, wow, this, this taught me a lot about like the feminist backlash of like the nineties and like, you know, how this played out. And, um, anyway, I thought I found it to be like really interesting in the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Just giving you so much more context for this entire story. I think in the same way, you know, we've been revisiting a lot of, you know, like the OJ documentaries that came out, you know, a couple of years ago. I appreciate the stories of the 90s. Right. And how, you know, in the OJ story, we really learn a lot more about the horrific abuse that Nicole Brown Simpson suffered, which was also lost in that whole blitz and they're just all of these i actually retweeted a friend of mine um tweeted this last night but you know it's just god if you can say anything about the 90s it's that there was really at that the media became so good at taking just i think this was like the rise of i think partially this was like the rise of the 24-hour news cycle and just like the beginning of needing to churn out content yeah but like the way that these awful stories, Anita Hill, you know, all of these were just like, just immediately churned into hacky Leno jokes. Yeah, and, I mean, it was CNN and, and, yeah. and like news fodder, you know, like it was just automatically churned into jokes, all of these stories without, you know, and of course that, you know, it's interesting to learn about the women who at the time, like we kept, they kept, um, doing the interviews with like the woman who was the Vanity Fair writer and the uh, woman who is uh, formerly the, the president of now. Um, and, you know, there were, you know, how now was like, this is such a great opportunity to be putting out um, press releases about the horrific problem of domestic abuse in this country um, and that marital rape is a thing. And, you know, they're trying to like do this work of like getting journalists to write about these stories yeah. and just no one is taking the bait. Yeah. It also, I think, I think you're right. It's definitely like the media churning out just, just like entertainment. And they allude to that in this documentary, you know, they talk about like how news became entertainment. Um, but it's also a very, I mean, I know I make jokes a lot about like, oh, that's so pre 9-11, but this is very like 90s in the sense that we yeah. we didn't want to have serious conversations. Part of it was, like you said, the media, but also just the 90s where like people ignored so many of these like latent issues, you know, mm-hmm. like there was the crime bill, for instance, right? And like people were just like, oh, the 90s are this booming time, but like really terrible stuff was happening. You know, like welfare yep. reform, like all this to marginalize communities. It exactly. was like a and, like, really just shitty time. That. And yeah. this was another example. It's just like we don't want we want to pretend that this is like the best decade ever. Like we're coming off the 80s, man. You know, like, yeah, like we are not going to talk about domestic violence and marital rape. And we're not going to talk about like predatory employers that happen to, you know, work in the Oval Office. We're not, you know, so like, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. Absolutely. Like it just, I mean, there were so many 
feminist issues, I think, also that came to, you know, should have had, there should have been so many different reckoning points throughout the 90s. Um, yeah. You but know. you know what? It was heartening to me. Some of it, some of the footage of like old like coverage like of comedians making fun of it, especially anything with Howard Stern is always awful to me. But like, <laughs> it, it was especially terrible in it. Um, and that was so awful. But it was there were some moments where I was just like, there were people fighting a good fight even then. There was mm-hmm. like you know, there's the part where, um. I have a clip of it, too, of Barbara Walters, where she's sitting down with, I forget which two uh, white male talking heads they are, but, like, you know, she's basically like, you don't know what this is like because you're both men. Um, oh, she's talking to Hugh Downs and yeah. and, uh, and someone else. Yeah. yeah. I do think that men and women see this very differently. And men see it as a man being mutilated, I think, in the most awful way a man can imagine. Many women see it as a woman abused to such a degree that she struck out at the area that was doing her the most harm. You can still be very sensitive to the need to to cut down on abuse of women and see this act as different from the act of many women who are abused, who may kill their husband. If you're a man, you may. And you are. (laughs) I guess I can't help looking at it that way. Then there's Whoopi. Whoopi Goldberg is in it prominently, and she's like, does a whole stand-up set about, like, why, like, women are pissed. And then, um... Which is interesting because they also show jokes that she had told that were kind of exploiting the whole, th- you know, like that were like kind of. Like she was using it for like. Totally. Comedic, but she, you know, she was still like, at least she wasn't. No, she, she was, you know, doing, like, she even, then like, Rob, took there's it. There's Robin Williams bit in there that's like, oh, like, you know, yeah. oh, that's sad. But um, no, she definitely is like the, you know, one comedian that they show actually taking it to a place that, um, you know, has it has a point. Yeah, you know, yeah. that that is actually trying to say something about how awful this, you know, how awful like things are for women in in America, even in in the nineteen nineties. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think that there were people. You're right. So but, I kind of I like that so much. Um, and um, I really like the neighbors that they interview. Yeah, the neighbors are are interesting. They like who surprise kind of, you who kind of did did try and sort of I mean they tried to be there for Lorena as much as they could it seemed like the woman in particular she mentions at one point that she had also uh been a a victim of domestic violence at one point yeah and I think like they kind of recognize that Lorena has to walk away you know like they can't there's only so much they can do but they sounded like they were really trying to like do as Lorena much as goes they could. to her apartment at one point to get away. Right. And they talk to the the police and yeah. tell them that like they could hear them, you know, him, yeah. him hitting her and and then there's also the woman who um who of course I also had never heard of. Um yeah. the woman who is the uh, uh Lorena's customer at the nail salon where she worked. Um who had gone in for an appointment and just a few days before the whole incident and just Lorena is like falling apart in front of her. And she kind of gets Lorena to tell her a little bit about um, what is going on. And she's like, you got to get out of there. I'll help you. You know, yeah. I mean like real props to this woman. Cause like she could, you know, she just kind of presents as this sort of like, you know, kind of like hoity toity looking middle class lady like coming in for, you know, upper class lady coming in for this manicure. And, you know, she could have just like walked away and she like really actually is like, you know, she reached out to like the prosecutor. I will help you. I will. Yeah. And then who she also calls was a the prosecutor. Right. Who then connects her to Lorena's lawyer. Yeah. Which, like, of course, he, basically... he did not have to do. <laughs> right. And there's that really funny point where they like clearly ask him about it and he kind of just like smirks. And I don't know if that was like an editing thing that the filmmakers did, but like, it's like <laughs> yeah. he knew what he was doing. It was great. He was really pissed that he didn't get Bobbit. So. Yeah. I mean, he was a character. Yeah. But I was um, like, I'd never heard of this woman, you know, and she yeah. was pretty critical to Lorena's case in the end um, and, and in their quest, in her lawyer's quest to prove that she was um, actually suffering from PTSD at yeah. the time. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I think in overall, I feel like it could have been a little bit shorter. Oh, definitely. Um, it was two, every episode is four episodes and every episode is they were an hour a long. a solid hour. Which I is, think you could have a cut a lot of the media blitz 
stuff. There was a lot. I kind of got it after like. I get why they're. <laughs> yeah. But I also like see why they're doing that. Because it really. It, it's to jarring. Drill it in. To, like, watch yeah, it is now, jarring. When you're watching it, you're like, yep, that's pretty much how it was. Like, um, God, everything that happened to John Wayne Bobbitt after this is, my God. yikes. What a, man. <laughs> that guy is, I mean, you know, and of course, you know, then we learn that of, in of all of his subsequent relationships, of, of course, he's also an abusive monster. Yeah, like, wow, weird. Yeah, and shocking. And, um was put behind bars uh, a few more times in relation to domestic violence incidents. He gets the the penis surgery later on that, like, then destroys his penis, even though it was... Um... It's a dog. Ugh, can you hear that? It's outside. Hold on. <laughs> Cut that off. Oh, God. I mean, it's fine. It's like this dog right outside my window. All right, I think he's fading like a siren um yeah he gets his penis surgery later on even though they'd fixed his penis and then he wants penis enlargement surgery that he i was just like not well god yeah. yeah that guy is and then he's just sitting there the whole time in his lazy boy drinking the like 64 ounce he's like big, big gulp, gulp. yeah Ugh. Yeah, I mean, but then, you know, I it, it's kind of, it's so satisfying to see her life now in contrast. Yeah. Where she is, like, doing everything she can to, like, speak to other survivors of domestic violence. Yeah, and yeah. she's trying to use her position. Anyway, I really recommend this. I, I do, too. I've been, re- I and get through that first episode. I mean, maybe not everyone would find it. I feel like I it's found, almost like I had strange. to take breaks. I couldn't binge it. I, I had to. Yeah. It was not a binge show. For no, me. but the first um, episode I found to be particularly difficult. But there are, I will also just, like, say there are, like, bright spots, like the neighbors. The people that, like, you, in the first episode when you introduce, get introduced to them are, like, the friends of him. And they're like, oh, yeah, we went out drinking together. I'm like, oh, these guys are going to say such awful shit. And then you find out later that they, like, testified against him mm-hmm. for for uh, Lorena's defense. And it's, um, it, and then these, the, the two neighbors, you know, were, like, they're talking about it. And she's just like, you know women hide things you know it's, she was covering it up red marks or bruises wh- whichever the case may be but the, he's no man to be beaten on a woman well women that's hide just, stuff that's what we do we hide yeah, stuff mm-hmm. well i don't know why they do i did for a while i mean not, not really me. i mean <laughs> yeah like i'd kill you <laughs> i did for a while with my first one I mean, I actually, when it got physical, I took a pair of scissors and stabbed him, and he never touched me again, but the mental. And I stayed because I thought my son needed a father. But then when I was getting ready to leave, he up and got sick and died, so. But I kind of understand why women hide it. I didn't tell people, you know, I didn't tell people what was going on. You just don't do that. You know, you don't. (laughs) Just don't do it. It's heartening. There are moments where you're like, oh, there, there have been good people and there are continue to be good people. And Lorena is in a better place than John Wayne now. And anyway, it's it's definitely a, it's good. Yeah, I'm glad it's I very affecting. It. Yeah, me too. I I feel like good knowing a lot more about this story now. Same. Um, I, just like, again, just like the Monica Lewinsky thing, I think it's it's instructive to, like, watch these kind of things. Of, yeah, like, it's really important to revisit these incidents. History. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, could not agree more. Um, okay, so looking ahead. Looking ahead. The week ahead. The week what? ahead. Or maybe the two weeks ahead. The two so weeks the ahead. The time until we record again ahead. The two weeks <laughs> ahead. We'd be watching what, Sarah? What are you not watching? Well, so my nomination for not watching is, have you seen the ads for the the new Kate Beckinsale uh, (laughs) So I actually just, I didn't see the ads, but I saw, well, I haven't seen any trailers, but I think maybe because you put this in the doc, I got advertised it. Oh my God, Google. That is, wow. Yeah. That's disturbing. I hate that. Um, Because I had not seen any ads for it until (laughs) I think you put this in here. It's, so the premise is that, which is, it's so funny. Uh, So um, Sophie Gilbert, um, the 
culture writer for The Atlantic, who I really like, um, wrote a review of it that basically was just like, because I was looking it up, I'm like, oh, I mean, I like Kate Beckinsale, and like, maybe this will, this will be good. Um, but, so I like read her take on it, and she's basically like, not, it, not only is it like kind of like white savory, but it's not good. The premise is that this, this woman, Georgia, her uh, husband dies in a plane crash or something in um, the Democratic Republic of Congo. And he, so he dies and three years later, she's like watching the news and she basically sees someone wearing his like favorite orange hat. And she's like, he's alive. So she goes there. And so apparently it's like kind of like um, white savory and like, but, but also it's just like really bad writing. According to, like, different reviews I've read. Um, And it just, yeah, it just sounds like um, not good. If it's trying to capitalize off of the success of the movie Widows with that title, I am not here for it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. So something that's funny is that apparently the, um, the, the show, the show's creators um, have made other shows that like one called stars is the missing about a father who reopens the case for his missing son after he glimpses a scarf in a photograph and oh, strangers God. in which the man's wife has been killed in a car crash on the opposite side of the world or has she this is sophie gilbert's writing and i'm like oh my god these guys are just doing the same thing and then she writes god somehow though the widow is unutterably worse from the start, there's something profoundly graceless about seeing Georgia, a woman who has supposedly lost everything but carries herself with the vacant poise of a minor royal, give so little consideration to the country <laughs> she's in or poise. the people she drafts into her mission. White privilege isn't exactly short on exemplars these days, and yet I'm stuck with the image of Georgia in a rural village charging up to people waiting for medical aid and thrusting a photograph of her husband in their face. Anyway, so <laughs> that's a hearty not watching from me. Ooh. Okay, I'm also now wondering... If because Kate Beckinsale is mildly in the news right now for she is ne- the newest beau of oh this is a hundred percent why that's Davidson. a publicity stunt Sarah totally How could you be so they were at like a hockey game the other night just making out she's like dating Pete Davidson from SNL who is fresh off multiple uh, drama filled relationships with Notably, Ariana Grande, Ariana Grande. And, um, and so. Uh, they were just blatantly making out, oddly, next to Anthony from Queer Eye, who was, I guess, there with him at this hockey game. Um, and just tons of pictures, like being, they're just like tongues making it. It's gross. That's and anyway, gross. that is no, obvious. I, think, so I did not know that she like, had this show, and that makes sense now. <laughs> after, I think it was at the Golden Globes, like, they, there was like some little like rumor they're like Kate Beckinsale and Pete Davidson were like flirting in the line to the bathroom or something like that and like and then everyone just like was like oh my god wow that's so funny and I wonder if then their publicists were like okay here listen you guys this is the most press Kate Beckinsale has gotten in years yeah what and then like and Pete Davidson needs some sort of rehabilitation story like what if we do this so yep anyway yeah definitely definitely that's it um my not watching goes to a show that doesn't actually exist yet, but is Law and Order well, Hate Crimes. Up. Yeah, Law and Order Hate Crimes. Like what on earth? Yeah, seriously. Why Law and would Order you Hate watch Crimes. that? Why would I want to watch? This is a show that is. Uh, so it was like being developed at NBC, and it was supposed to debut later this year, and now it is not debuting until or no it's like it's like it's like delayed indefinitely so it may not actually happen after all they like are like it's going back in development be, probably because the scripts are terrible but like you know yeah well and also probably because like people are recognizing some problematic things some like, problematic things oh my god yeah let me i definitely want to watch a bunch of heterosexual white cops um probably like being portrayed as the heroes of saving uh you know various uh minorities of you know like every week from like fuck it like god as if the world isn't awful enough also i'm just like dreading the like the inevitable like cops that have the past that you slowly uncover as you watch do you know what i mean yes 
Yes. Like what kind of crazy twists these hate crimes are going to have. Like get out of here. Not in, not in this economy, my friends. (laughs) In this economy? In this economy. I I mean, I think that's pretty wild. I hadn't heard of that. And I think that is an incredibly good nomination. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also going to pass on the new season of Arrested Development, which is coming out. Fair enough. That doesn't rise to my level of like venom or no definitely not venom i'm just like not watching it yeah i just don't care anymore because fair enough verdict's out on me but i don't really want to i'm not like excited about it i mean i'm interested to see if your feelings change i think you've like i end up usually been softer yeah you've been softer on on arrest development like you've liked it more than i have i'm like sympathetic because like again it's the weezer yeah fact and i right like feel bad for them that that's happened but not that bad (laughs) Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> feel bad for them that that's happened. <laughs> like, they're putting out like, a new album. Oh, no, I feel bad that you've... <laughs> I feel you... bad that you put out a bunch of new terrible music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry about the Red Album, Weezer. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, okay, we're going to be busy, Oh, my, my God, friends. March is insane. I'm almost March like, is dreading insane. it. There's some good stuff coming up. So I'm Better Things about, premiered oh, last week. Sorry. Which I'm excited about. What did okay. you say? No, I was saying Pamela Adlin's show, which I love, Better Things, um, premiered last week, uh, which I still need to watch. But that has already come back. I will probably talk about it next episode. Um, the I'm also going to watch, definitely going to watch HBO's The Case Against Adnan Syed. I um, will not be watching that. I am definitely excited for that, even though against all of my better judgment. Um, but then we've got Catastrophe I'm so and excited about Catastrophe. Shrill. Yes, me too. Final season of Catastrophe. Um, and Shrill, which is the new show from uh, based on Lindy West's book. Yeah. Starring and I just, Aidy I Bryant. I about that recently. I didn't know that was going to be um, So I show, follow Samantha I Irby. The- yeah. So Samantha Irby, um, wonderful, 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 wonderful author of the book Meaty and the book We Are Never Meeting in Real Life. Um, one of my favorite hilarious writers. I follow her on like all platforms. So I have been following her like journey to um, like be a writer on this show for like the last eight or nine months. Yeah. So I've been like very eagerly anticipating this book, but she's a writer on the show. It's based on uh, Lindy West's book and starring A.D. Bryant from SNL, who I love. Oh, if you don't so like A.D. Bryant, I honestly like you can walk right out the door. I don't even want to know you. I know. I, how is that? How would that even be possible? She's I have so no wonderful. idea. I have no idea. And then also Queer Eyes coming back, which I'm excited about. Oh, yeah. Um, and that just takes us through mid-March. We haven't even gotten in till late March when, like, stuff like Veep is coming back. So, I know. I can't, I can't even think about it yet. Yeah, we like, can't think that far ahead. Yeah, we it's just gotta pace ourselves, Sarah. Yeah. And then we also have to catch up on, um, I need to catch up on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend before the series ends. Um, yeah. I am gonna do that. I have said I'm gonna do it for, like, three weeks, and I hate getting so behind on shows like this because it makes it harder to just kind of like sit down and catch up, but yeah, you need um, to do that. Otherwise, we're gonna have to talk about it in your por- your performance review. I know um, my boob tube performance review. Your your continued ability to you know meet expectations you set for yourself and what that means for your <laughs> specifically regarding Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Specifically <laughs> regarding this one musical comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay, does that do it for us this week? I think that does it. All right. I think we did great. I think we did good too. Good for us. Pat on the back this I'm week of Booby Tooby. Very brave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. We will uh, talk to talk to y'all later. We sure will. Or talk at you. At you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Bye. Bye. Good night. <laughs>